Awesome. Come on up, John. You know, our house has been full, and so I was awake quite early this morning, but I thought of the name Brenda, and it's beautiful, radiant, enthusiastic, nice, delightful, and adorable. That's who she is to me. Love you, honey. <laughs> I don't know how to top that transition. That's fantastic, but uh, it's great to be with you guys here this morning. And to be honest, it's pretty emotional, too, to see um, my, my folks who are, who've got a legacy of faith and to see other ministers that are sharing their... Get <coughs> <Yeah. laughs> together. You have a little girl, you get emotional. It just happens. Get ready. Brother James. <laughs> That just happened. PT, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Uh, but it is. It's an, it's an emotional thing. To see, and to see so many faces, the Lucases and Pastor Nancy, so many of you guys that have poured into uh, me and, and Lindy over the years, it's an incredible thing to see uh, a legacy of faith and see it represented in so many stories and so many people here that are in this room that have been affected um, by the way that God has, has ministered through, through my folks. It's an incredible thing, and it's an honor to be a part of that and to see my daughter now, growing up in that, and it's a beautiful <laughs> Oh, my Lord. All right. It's a beautiful thing. That's all I had to say about that. And we asked Olivia why she loves her Grammy so much, and she says, well, it's because Grammy gives me everything that I want. <laughs> and it's very true. So <laughs> she's starting kindergarten next week, and that's what grandparents do. So we'll have a little bit of unwinding to do this week uh, when we get back to our house and but it's been a great time to be with, be with them. And just great last night, just reminiscing and sharing a lot of great memories. Many of those were very hilarious memories of things that we've seen and been able to be a part of in the church and the ways that we've seen God work and just up late laughing. And laughing is good, right? Laughter is yeah. good for the soul, for sure. So that was just an incredible thing to, to be able to do. And um, wasn't planning on sharing anything, but just wanted to share a quick, quick verse that I felt God wanted to just sort of minister to, to us and with us this morning. It's in the Gospel of, of John, a very familiar passage here, after Jesus has risen from the grave, which is good news, right? Yeah. yeah. And he appears to his disciples. He says this in John twenty nineteen, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the religious leaders, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said these words, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. And with that, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Just a couple of quick observations from, from that passage, which I think is just fantastic. When Jesus shows up, he always brings two things. The first thing that he brings is he always brings his peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Peace. And when he shows up with his presence, he brings his peace. And imagine the disciples here in a moment of, of conflict and in turmoil. Their best friend, the one who many of them at this point have believed to be the Messiah, has been crucified. And they don't know what's going on. Everything that he talked about seems to be coming to an end. And they're in this room huddled up because they're afraid that people are going to come after them and even persecute them and perhaps crucify them. And in the middle of this great storm, in the middle of this great turmoil, Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. And we all have storms, don't we? Things that we encounter, things that are, are troublesome, things that, that, that hold us down, the realities of life. 
And Jesus' presence is the same as it was back then for the disciples. It's his peace that he brings to us. But it's not just his peace so that we can have good feelings and, and, and go on with life. But when Jesus shows up, he also brings something else to us. And that's his power. He always brings his power. And I love what he says here. He says, as the Father sends me, I now send you. And we could read over that and think that just sounds like a great phrase, but there's so much power in that verse. Think about that for a moment. God, the Almighty, the Heavenly Father, in all of his power, and all of his authority, he sends his Son to be with us. And now Jesus says, in the same way that the Father sends me, in the same power, in the same authority, I now send you to do the stuff that I did, to live out the power that I have been given. And in that moment, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to say much more besides those two things. I just feel like God wants to minister to a couple of us today. I hope that's all right. There's, there's two things that I believe that God wants to do by his Spirit. For those that are experiencing an absence or a lack of peace because of just turmoil, situations that are out of control, decisions we made, decisions been made unto us. And we could say, if we're honest, I have a lack, an absence of peace. Jesus' presence is here today. We don't have to beg for him to show up. He's already here. And I believe he wants to show his manifest presence by giving us his peace. And then the second part of that is I believe that God wants to give us his power. And again, it's not the power just so we can have the goosebump and the good, good feelings, but it's the power so that we can go and do the stuff that Jesus did. And what did Jesus do? He set the captives free. He, he, he proclaimed peace to the sick, to the poor, to the marginalized, to the least of these. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. And that's not just for a template so that we can look at that and, and, and say, isn't that wonderful, although that's true, but that's a template for us to go and do this stuff. Because as the Father has sent Jesus, Jesus now sends us, his church, in the same power of the Holy Spirit to go and do those things. So I would ask, this is like a quick little sermonette deal, right? But if there's either of you guys fit in that category of, hey, if I'm honest, I'm experiencing an absence of peace. If you could be just so brave just to raise your hand. And say, yeah, there's things in my life where I'm experiencing an absence of peace. That's fantastic. I'm going to ask you guys to be bold again and just stand up on your feet because we're family, right? And we've all been there before. You know, there's there's no whatever. And then those of us that are around them, if you could just simply just place a hand on them, ask them if it's okay, if you could put a hand on them. And we're not going to... And actually, let's not fill this space with just our words. I think sometimes we feel like we have to just, boom, we have to start praying and we have to fill with all our words. If we could just stop talking even for a moment. If we could just do that. Because the Holy Spirit's already ministering. And he's already speaking. And the people that are standing, they already know what God is saying and what he's doing. So all we have to do is actually say, God, we bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing now. God, we pray that you would bring your healing peace. God, we thank you that you give us your peace. We thank you that you tell us that you are the God of all comfort and that you're close to the brokenhearted. God, you don't leave, you don't forsake us. And now for the second category, and just keep ministering to those people. If you'd say, hey, I feel like there's an absence of power. Like I try to go and do the stuff. I'm trying to share my faith. I'm... You know, I just feel like every time I do that, I'm hitting a wall, and it seems like I can't, can't quite break through this situation. If that's you, if you would just stand up now, too, and say, I, I need that just new, fresh sense of power, just that new, fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. And those of you around, just lay your hands on them as well. This is what I believe God wants to do today. It's peace and power. Very simple, 
two-point message here. So God, we ask that you would now fill your children with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that when power comes, that peace comes, authority comes. God, would you bring healing where healing is needed? Would you bring boldness where boldness is needed? Would you bring the comfort where comfort is needed? Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. Cool. Just, just that simple, isn't it? God's Spirit is here. He's alive. He's active. The Holy Spirit is not an it. That's kind of one of my pet peeves when I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit. We just got to get more of it. We just got to have it show up and it's going to do something. The Holy Spirit is, is a real person. He's inside of us. He's active and he wants to minister to us today. So, awesome. Dad, you going to preach? <laughs> I think he is. But it's great to be with you guys. We've had a, it's like it is coming home and seeing, seeing faces. We've had a great, it's been, believe it or not, about 14 years now since we moved down to Southern California. 10 years, sorry, 10 years. We'll be celebrating our 14th year, or we just celebrated our 14th year anniversary. I'm pretty bad with dates. Last month, but we've been down there for 10 years, and it's been an incredible adventure. Lots of twists and turns along the way from leading a church to now uh, being able to work at a church. And the last couple of years have been great for us. Um, had a chance to do a lot of kind of trips, Africa and Europe, and just see what God is up to globally. And whatever God does around the world, he's, he's doing here with us. So we're, we're a part of that because we're his body, right? Amen. So love what's going on here. Let's get after it. And I think Pastor Mark is going to come now and do his deal. Thank you, John. Awesome. Praise God. And Wednesday night, you'll get to hear James. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here today. We thank you for the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And Lord, it keeps our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, we roll all of our burdens completely and entirely into your capable hands. We cast them upon you. And Lord, we know that your sustaining power will keep us through any test that comes our way. And Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. You said in your word that we would receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. And so we stir ourselves up in these glorious truths today. We thank you that we're full of peace. We're full of power. We are the people of God. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And Lord, for these next moments today, I would ask for utterance, to speak a word of grace, to speak a word of divine comfort, a word of divine encouragement into the hearts and into the minds of these people today. And Lord, we give you all the glory. Come on, somebody. Let's give him glory. Let's give him the honor that is due his name. Amen. His name is above every name. Amen. So. How then shall we live in these last days? We shall, number one, live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And as a result of living by faith, we can live fearless lives, which means the absence, glory to God, of anxiety, the absence of worry, the absence of things that would pull us down. How shall the just live? By faith. 
and the just then shall live fearlessly. And as we looked last week, we looked at the 91st Psalm, and we saw a lot of great truths in there, and we discovered that we can also live authoritatively, that we do not have to be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, but we can live under the shadow of El Shaddai, proclaiming his name, hallelujah, and living in victory because of what Christ has done for us. Now this morning, I want to talk a little while, as I left off last week, that the just, those that are in right standing with God, must live in community. We must live responsibly in community with one another. You know, the Bible says that we are to exhort one another, that we are to encourage one another. And I want to start out just by looking at Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 24 and verse 25. You see, we are blessed to be a blessing. Would you all agree with that? We are blessed to be a blessing. And one of the greatest ways that I've discovered that you and I can be a blessing is by encouraging one another in the Lord. And it's scriptural in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Let's read together. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another... And so much the more as you see the day approaching. That word exhorting means encouraging one another. There is encouragement in the house of God. There is encouragement among the people of God. And when you live in community with one another, and you live vitally united with one another, and you serve together in the local church, encouragement and exhortation is a byproduct of being in the church. I believe this, that church days affect all of our days. I mean, the truth that you heard from JT ought to affect you and impact you the rest of this week. All week long, you ought to be walking around saying, I'm full of the peace of God. And I've got power on the inside of me. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So what happens in the church ought to affect your Mondays. It ought to affect your Tuesdays. It ought to affect every day of our lives. We need the camaraderie of one another. You know, it's great to be able to come in church, raise your hands, sing a few songs, give each other a high five on the way out, and say, see you next week. I don't believe that that, what, that, what, that is what the local church is all about. A local church is a place of encouragement. It's a place of service. It's a place of community. And it's a place to connect, not only with Him, but to connect with one another. Thank you for those amens. Now, I said this at the onset of this message, and I want to I say it again. We're blessed to be a blessing. One of the greatest blessings is to be an encouragement. But I have discovered that a major key to being an encourager is first and foremost, we must encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, how am I going to... Lift someone else if I'm down in the mully grubs. How am I going to encourage you if I'm discouraged? 
Now, I'm not building a case against being discouraged. If you're discouraged, God's got courage for you. If you're down, God can bring you up. But by and large, I think we as a church must not have a victim mentality. We must have the mentality of a victor. We should not have a mentality of, oh, I'm so weak and I'm so poor, I'm just barely getting along. No, that's not the Word of God. The Word of God says, now thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph. Romans 8.37 says we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. So how many of you want to be encouraged? Amen. I do. And then how many of you want to be encouragers? So here's a few things that I've learned on my journey in life and my journey as a Christian, my journey as a minister. The things that keep me encouraged so that I can be an encourager. Number one, prayer. Prayer is without a doubt a major key ingredient to encouraging yourself in the Lord. You know, that's what David did, did he not? David encouraged himself in the Lord. Prayer is a major key. And I believe in praying in the Spirit. I believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, for example, I want you to look at Jude 20 in the Amplified Version, and it talks about this glorious exercise of praying in the Spirit. You know, when you pray in the Spirit and you pray in other tongues as a means of a spiritual devotion to God, the Bible says that you edify yourself, that you build yourself up. Jude 20 says it this way. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice or a building, higher and higher. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. And so as you pray in the Spirit, as you develop a wonderful communion with God, Through praying in the Spirit from your spirit to Him who is a spirit, there is something dynamic that happens on the inside of you. There is a building up. There is something that the Bible says that you make progress. And as you are built up, you can go build others up. You know, a preacher many years ago, he said, was asked the question, what's the secret for you getting people to church on Sunday? He says, how do you get so many people in your meetings? He says, I wake up in the morning, pray in the Spirit a couple hours, edify myself, and I go out at night and edify the people. You see, edified people are going to edify others. Amen? And my prayer for you is this, is that if you haven't yet received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, if you haven't yet received this power from on high, that before this day is out, You will have hands laid on you. You'll receive this glorious gift and you'll start praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, a second way that I've discovered that I can build myself up is through praise. I want you to look at Psalms 42 verse 1. Psalms 42 verse 1. I'll drink to that. 
As the heart pants after the brook, so pants my soul after thee, O God. Verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 3. My tears have been my meat all night and day, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Look at verse 4. He said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Look at verse 5. Why art thou cast down? Anybody had a day where they just felt cast down? He says, David is having a conversation with his soul. And he said, okay, soul, what's going on in your life? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you so disquieted within me? Why are you so down? And then he starts having a conversation. How many of you know that there are days where you've got to have a conversation with your body? Like body, get out of bed. Like body, we are going to go to church. Body, we are going to lift our hands in the sanctuary. Amen. Body, we are going to get up and go to work. You've all had that conversation. But likewise, your soul, there are days where your soul will try to hold you down. Here's what David says. Soul, I want you to hope in God. I want you to get your expectation strong in the God of your salvation. Hope thou in God. And then he says, here's what I'm going to do. I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care how I feel outwardly. Yet I will do what? Yet I will praise him. Did you know that you can get your will involved in praising him? He said, for I will yet praise him. For he is the health and he is the help of my countenance. So I've discovered this, that praying in the Spirit, praising Him in the midnight hour, talking to my soul, keeps me strong in Him. It keeps me encouraged in the Lord. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, and notice with me in verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. These are such important truths for your life. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6, he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance. And that's all I'm doing today is, is putting you in remembrance of some things. I put you in remembrance that you stir up, what? The gift of God. That's what John was talking about, wasn't he? The gift of God. Stir up the peace of God. Stir up the power of God. The word gift there is charisma. In other words, this gift that is on the inside of us can lie dormant if we allow it to. This peace, this power can lie dormant if we allow it to. That's why Paul was reminding them to stir up the gift of God. And so if you want to be an encourager... You must keep what's on the inside of you stirred up. 
You know, a lot of times we have corporate prayer meetings. And if you've never been to any of our corporate prayer meetings, they are powerful and they are awesome. But you know, it's not every time when I come together with a group of people that I feel like praying. Matter of fact, sometimes leading a prayer group can be somewhat like pulling a train. And because, you know, I have feelings just like you have feelings, and we all have a day just like everyone else has a day. So oftentimes when I get together with a group of people and start praying, I just go like this as an act of faith. And I say, Lord, I'm stirring the gift up on the inside of me right now. I'm stirring up the gift of God on the inside of me. I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to help me to pray, to help me to lead, to help me to be a blessing to this group of people. And without fail, every time, the anointing is kicked in. The power is kicked in. But unless you stir yourselves up, have you discovered that it's very difficult to find someone to stir yourself up beside you? I believe in being encouraged by others, but the number one way that we will be encouraged is by encouraging ourselves in the Lord our God. You got to talk to your soul. You got to praise Him in your midnight hour. You got to stir yourself up when you don't feel like it. And as you do, then, you will find yourself being built up. And as you are built up, you then can go build other people up. Say, when they built up people, will build others up. Healed people will heal people. Free people will free others up. Comforted people will be a comfort to those around them. Encouragement, someone said, is like oxygen to the soul. F.B. Meyer said this. He said, if I had to live over, if I had a life to live over, he said, I would spend more time encouraging other people. William Barclay said, one of the highest human duties is the duty of encouragement. It's very easy to discourage others. The world is full of discouragers, but we have a Christian duty to encourage one another. And it doesn't have to be something that's fake. It doesn't have to be something that's false. Just your presence around people. Just a word of encouragement can reroute someone's day. If you will live your life in the Spirit, full of faith and full of the Spirit, you will discover that people will enjoy being around you. They won't look the other way and say, oh, here comes old bad news. Let's get out of the way. The world has bad news enough on its own. Without you or me bringing bad news into a situation. I believe that we're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We are atmosphere changers. You don't have to act like you're all that because everyone knows you're not all that. You don't have to walk into the room with your cape and say, faith man is here. No, you just walk in the spirit. Walking in joy, walking in love, walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And the love of God will make you irresistible and people will be drawn to the light that's on the inside of you.
Amen. Amen. And then you can start speaking words of life over people's life. Say it with me. Encouragement is like oxygen. It's like oxygen to the soul. You know, there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Barnabas. And Barnabas, the Bible says, was the son of consolation, which literally means he was the son of encouragement. You know, when Antioch needed someone to come and to disciple these new Christians in Antioch, Antioch was a very immoral city. It was a, it was a great city, one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire in that day. And Antioch had experienced, I mean, they experienced a move of God, just like we're going to experience in the Bay Area. I didn't hear you. Just like we're going to experience here in the Bay Area. I'm telling you, he that's begun a good work here in San Francisco will perform it until he returns. But the Bible says that many people were added to the Lord because the hand of the Lord was upon them. The hand of the Lord was upon them. And yet these were new Christians. They were all followed up by all sorts of Roman deities and all sorts of wrong thinking. And you know who they called? They called on Barnabas. They called on the son of encouragement to go into Antioch for a full year to bring them the word and to encourage them in their faith. That's awesome. There also was a time where, you know, in Acts chapter 4... The Bible says that great grace was upon the whole church. And they were selling things and they were bringing offerings and they were putting them down at the apostles' feet. And Barnabas sold his whole land, his whole earthly possessions. He sold it all. And you know what he did? He put his possessions at the apostles' feet. Don't you know that that was an encouragement to the church? I'm going to tell you something. The giving encourages the heart of people. Giving encourages the heart of pastors. Giving encourages the church. You know, God has so many different ways that we can give. It's not just having to do with finances. Nobody's telling you to go out and sell your house and bring it to Heart of the Bay. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is sell out to God. Sell your life completely out to God and say, Lord, I'm sold out. I am here to be a seeker first of the kingdom of God. Your will be done in my life. And as a result, I'm believing that things are going to be added to me. You see, giving is so vast. You can give. You know, a week ago, we had the backpack outreach. Wasn't it awesome? Over 200 backpacks given to wonderful, precious kids. Over a hundred people born again on our property. That's what church is all about. People giving. I'm looking at people in the auditorium today that literally rolled up their sleeves. And they came early in the morning to serve. Let me tell you something. Serving God and bringing your supply into the house of God is an encouragement to everyone around you. You know, I think about right now, during this service, while this is taking place... We've got people in children's church. We've got people in youth. We've got people in daycare. We've got people in preschool. 
We had people come here at 7 o'clock in the morning to prepare this building and to get praise and worship ready, all so that we could come and have the presence of God and enjoy the Spirit of God. That's a way that we can give. You see, we can, we can give into the kingdom of God by bringing our time, by bringing our talents, and bringing our service into His place. Amen? Don't you love His place? Don't you love what God is doing? I love what God is doing. And your words are extremely, extremely important in bringing encouragement to people. Let me give you a a few verses concerning that today. In Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 29, the Bible tells us that we are not to allow corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouth, but only that which is good to the spiritual progress of others. Amen? In other words, either, either build people up or hush up. I mean, bottom line. Bottom line, either build them up or just hush up. Sometimes you feel like just saying, hold that, brother. Hold that, sister. Look at this. Let's read it together. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up, that it may minister grace to the... Minister what? So your words minister what? Your words minister grace. And also, they build others up. So ask yourself a question. Are my words building up? Are my words contributing to the spiritual progress of this brother or this sister? Or are my words becoming a bummer to hear? And you have the authority, you have the Right then, the dominion to be able to hold your words in check. Amen. You know, Dad Hagen is our spiritual dad, and, you know, he's known for great faith, but I believe even beyond that, he's known for the love walk. He was known for the love walk. I mean, he was criticized by experts. How many of you know what it's like to be criticized by experts? You know what an expert is, don't you? An expert is a little spurt far from home. But he was, he was criticized by people. And you know what? He would never, ever retaliate. Never. You know, that's scriptural. The Bible says when you're insulted, don't insult. But contrarywise, speak a blessing over them that you may inherit a blessing. But he was criticized by so many people, and yet he refused to allow himself the luxury of fighting back. How many of you know that God is the one that can bring vengeance into a situation? Amen? And so your words then can minister grace. They can minister healing. They can minister strength. Another verse I want to look at is found in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 23 in the message translation. Notice this with me. Proverbs 15 verse 23. He says, um, congenial words, congenial conversation, what a pleasure. The right word at the right time 
is what? The right word at a right time is beautiful. I can remember when I was very young in ministry. This was back in 1970, 1980. We had come across a rough patch in ministry. And uh, the church that we were pastoring at that time, there was a lot of kind of upheaval in it, a lot of strife. And we had walked into a situation to become pastor of a church where there was just, there was not a right spirit there. And, uh, you know, when you're trying to pastor a church that doesn't have a right spirit, it can be very difficult. Especially when you're young in ministry. Or old in ministry, for that matter. And uh, so we went to a board meeting on a particular Friday night. And, um, you know, we had just said, you know what? We would just rather not pastor this church. We just feel like the Lord wants us to move on. And we feel like he has something else for us. Basically, we just didn't want to be a part of a lot of fighting. You know, life's too short to, to be in a group of people where there's constant battles and constant fighting over nothing over stupid stuff. And we knew that we knew that we knew that we were called of God, and yet we were very young in God. We were very fragile in God. You know, at that time, John was one years old. And, uh, you know, in the early days, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we didn't own our own home. We didn't, uh, we didn't have a place to go. We didn't have a salary that we could rely on once we resigned from that church. But we just felt like it was the right thing to do. And so we did on that Friday night. And I can remember that Saturday. I'm telling you, I was so discouraged. I was so bummed out. I literally thought that our ministry was completely over with. You know, that we had let God down. And that, you know, we had kind of punked out. (laughs) And we should have stayed and all that stuff. How many of you know that at your weakest moment, the weak one comes to lie to you? Isn't that right? Yeah. And he came and he just brought a bunch of lies. And, and oftentimes, you know, when the, when the pressure got on me in the early days, I would go find a basketball court. <laughs> and I would, I would just go shoot hoops, you know. That's a three right there, by the way. Oh, come on, look, guys, let's have a little fun. And uh, I remember being in this, in this gymnasium in Wilmer, Minnesota. And God sent... <coughs> Through Mac and Lynn Hammond, precious people of God, pastors of Living Word Christian Center there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, God sent a couple to go minister to us that day. And that couple drove about 70 or 80 miles. And I think they got a hold of Brenda and they said, where's Mark? He said, well, he's down there at the gym. And they came down there and then we went to our house and they ministered to us through tongues and interpretation, words of encouragement. Words that just lifted us right out of that discouragement and just breathed divine encouragement into us. And I'll never, ever forget that. That God sent help my way on one of my darkest days. And God will use you. God will use you to help others in their dark night, in their dark day. You see... All we need to do every morning is wake up and say, Lord, help me to be a blessing. 
Help me to be a blessing. You know what? When you pray a prayer like that, God will see to it that there's someone in your path that day that needs to be blessed. Just pray that right now with me. Lord Jesus, I'm opening up my heart right now. And I'm asking you, sir, to help me to help others. To help me to be a blessing. And you know what lesson I learned out of that? I can look back now. We've been in full-time ministry, not 32 years. We've been in full-time ministry almost 38 years now. Because we started six years before we came here. But I can look back at that day as a milestone. And in my spirit, I say to myself, I will live every day of my life to be a blessing and to be an encouragement to other people. There are people that have come to this church before and they're called this church a house of hope. This is a house of hope. This is a house of restoration. This is a house where you can be helped by God. And if God can continue to use me in that way until the trumpet sounds or till it's time for me to go, I say, yes, Lord, I'm here to serve you. And I pray that that same spirit that is on us gets all over you. That you live to be a blessing. That you live to be an encouragement. Amen? Amen. The greatest thing you can do sometimes is just be there. You don't have to have a lot of theological answers for everybody. You don't know a lot of theological answers anyway, and neither do I. You don't have to tell them how it's going to work out. You're just saying, you know what? We serve a good God, and He's going to work on your behalf, and you're going to come through to the other side. You're going to make it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And then in Proverbs chapter 12, 25, are you getting anything out of these two messages today? John had a great one. This is an okay one. God's moving. Proverbs chapter 12, 25. Listen very carefully to this. He says, heaviness in the heart of man will make it stoop. But a good word. Come on now. <laughs> a good word. What will a good word do? A good word will make it glad. Give people a good word. Don't be like Job's comforters that came to comfort and ended up harassing them. Good words can reroute someone's day. Listen to this statement by Tony Cook. I love it. And by the way, Tony's going to be coming and uh, he's going to do a kick off a message on uh, the middle of September And it's going to be called Dream Team. Dream Team. John Maxwell says this. He says, teamwork makes the dream work. But Tony is very astute in leadership. But he said this. He said, the right words spoken in the right spirit at the right time can penetrate a person's isolation. It can drive out darkness. And it can change his life forever. Thank God. Words from God. Words from heaven. Words of encouragement. I pray it be thus and so in each and every one of our lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone shouted amen.